Hey, it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. This is episode 104, how to amp up your sales. Now, this is a really important conversation because for those of you who are business owners, your job is literally to sell. You have to have a process and systems in place and a clear way of bringing in money into your company for your company to actually exist. (laughs) Now, I know that seems obvious, but I work with so many women who have such incredible hangups around selling, talking about money, and actually putting themselves and their work out into the world. They're basically running charity shops, not businesses. And so the sooner you wrap your mind around the sales process that you use in your company, you make it your own, you drop any sort of sleaziness around it, and frankly, just change your mindset overall, the more clients will come into your company, the more your company will grow, the more the movement that you're creating will thrive. So today's conversation is crucial. If you have any hangups around money or around selling, um, I want you to really listen to this and put in place the steps that I'm going to be talking about. I'm also going to be sharing some of the behind the scenes uh, of our company, some of the metrics that we track, some of the processes that we have in place. So you'll be able to take those and apply them to your own business as well. So let's dive in. This episode is sponsored by our brand new course, Amp Up Your Sales. You can check it out at iheartmylife.com. Now, this is a five-part course giving you access to five modules and video trainings where you're going to learn our exact sales framework that has helped us make multiple millions at I Heart My Life. So you are literally going to see behind the scenes and learn how we set goals in our company, goals that we actually reach, how we've transformed our own sales mindset so that we move past all the fears, all the blocks, all the insecurities around selling that keep all of us stuck and broke. We're going to teach you the five pillars of sales. So these are incredible pillars that will help you create your own framework in your company, help you become more effective as you get on the phone with your potential clients, teach you what metrics to track as you're moving forward and building your brand, and help you identify whether you're actually moving too fast or too slow when it comes to your sales process. We're also going to go in depth in terms of what marketing strategies are working for us in order to book more calls and sell more units of our courses and programs. I'm going to talk about some of the simple systems that we have in place that help make selling much, much easier and help us keep everything organized, including our follow-up process. And ultimately, you're going to learn how to ramp up your sales and sell two times, five times, 10 times more, whatever the goal is in terms of revenue, in terms of what it is that you have in your company. You're going to learn how to amp up those sales figures on a regular basis. And we truly believe that when you put this program in place in your company, you will learn how to sign a new client, at least one, if not more, within the next 24 hours of going through all of the material. All right, so go ahead, go to iheartmylife.com. You can learn more there and check out Amp Up Your Sales. It's an incredible course that we're selling for a teeny tiny amount, at least right now. You're gonna be able to invest and literally dive in immediately and get immediate results. I hope you love it. So a few months ago, I heard from a client who was having an issue with sales. And one of her questions for me was, How do I avoid sales or feeling salesy within my company? And I had to stop myself from writing back what I really wanted to write back. (laughs) But basically what I shared with her is if you don't have sales, 
you don't have a company. Your company doesn't exist. And I think for whatever reason, people get into entrepreneurship or start a business and they forget how crucial sales actually is to them not only bringing in money, but to their existence. If you don't have money coming into your company on a regular basis, you're not going to be able to put your products out there. You're not going to be able to keep marketing. You're not going to be able to grow your team. Your company is going to have a very short lifespan. And so it's crucial that you start to understand what sales process really works for you and put that in place immediately. And the way the reason why I say it like that is that you don't there's no cookie cutter approach to sales. There are a lot of tips and and information that I'm going to give you today that you can take and use in your own business. But ultimately, I hope you find some relief in knowing that you can make this process your own. It truly can be something that's tailored to you, the way you like to sell, to your messaging, to the type of clients who you work with. And again, I'm going to share what works for us, but I want you to take this and really, really tweak it so that it feels good to you and you feel like you could get on a call or you could send an email and actually be confident in your process. So the first thing I want to look at is your mindset. So what is your opinion of selling? One of my coaches told me that if you don't know how to sell, you're basically screwed in life. (laughs) Now, that's a very dramatic and bold way of saying it, but I totally understand where he's coming from because the truth is, is life does throw us curveballs. There are challenges and businesses that come up every single day. And you as the business owner, if that's who you are, You need to know how to sell and be confident selling because when you've developed that skill set, you know that nothing could take you down. So the time that I'm recording this, we're going through the COVID-19 pandemic and um, people are freaking out. Obviously, we all know this. We've seen the news as much as as we've tried to avoid it. And what has happened is people forget what they're capable of. They think that because the pandemic is happening, it's happening to them. And so they are unable to move forward. Their business has stopped growing. There aren't enough clients out there. And they forget that they are resourceful. And for those of us who have learned the skill set of selling, we know that not only are there an abundance of clients out there, we know that if we had to make a thousand calls tomorrow, we would bring in money into our company. And trust me, I've had many moments where I haven't wanted to get on the phone with people. I've wanted to completely outsource my sales. And I did for a while. Um, and still to this day, I don't do as many sales calls. I have team members that that help with that. But if I needed to, if I truly needed to, if I had to let go my enti- of my entire team tomorrow and start over, I could get on the phone. I could make the sales calls. And one of the mindset shifts that I really had to make and move through Um, over the past few years is my fear around going bankrupt. So I actually grew up with a father who had experienced bankruptcy. I had grandparents who had experienced bankruptcy. And so it's something that was definitely passed down from generation to generation. And so when I started I Heart My Life, it was one of my fears. You know, what if I make a lot of money, but then I lose it? What if I lose this entire company? And what I finally realized was if I did lose everything, if that actually happened, I would know how to rebuild it. And I would actually rebuild it much faster (laughs) than I built it in the first place because I would all have all these skill sets, all this knowledge. I would have um, colleagues who would help me. I would have people in my corner who I could turn to. And so you have to understand that sales is a big part of you 
feeling secure in your own potential and your own success and what's possible for you. So when you have that skill set of sales, nothing can derail you because you know that you could easily sell yourself out of a bankruptcy or of a situation because you have developed the way the way in which you get people to give you money. Now, I want you to really understand that we aren't necessarily, um, let me rephrase that, we are born with the skill of selling, but most of us forget how skilled we actually are. So if you think about it for a second, when you were born, you had to sell to your parents on a regular basis. You had to tell them through crying, through throwing a tantrum (laughs) that you were hungry or that you needed to be changed or that you were just frustrated for whatever reason. Um, And then at some point we grew up and started to believe that sales was evil, evil, sales was wrong, we weren't good at selling, and that couldn't be further from the truth. So we all sell on a regular basis, even if it's not within a company. So you will sell your friends on an idea of going to your new favorite restaurant You will sell people on um, a movie recommendation or something that you caught on Netflix recently. And sales is just you speaking about something that you believe in, right? Sales is just an expression of belief. And so when we think about it from that perspective, in my opinion, it lessens the charge. It's just you talking about something you believe in. And hopefully (laughs) from this conversation, you start talking about the belief you have and what it is that you're selling. First and foremost, this is a sidebar, but if you do not believe in what you're selling, you need to get something else to sell. You need to change it. You need to transform it. You need to add something additional to it. Because when we think about sales being that expression of belief, it's so crucial that you do care and and, and believe in what it is you're selling, okay? So ask yourself, what is my current mindset when it comes to selling? I know for me, I had this fear of talking to people about money. And that resulted in me experiencing my 54 no's in a row. And those of you who have been following me, you know this story. But basically, at the start of my business, I got on 54 sales calls and had 54 people in a row tell me that they didn't want to work with me. Now, this was because a few reasons. Number one, I was selling a program um, that I definitely believed in, but it wasn't results driven. It wasn't specific enough. And so some of the marketing was confusing. But I also didn't know how to help people move past their own money objections. And I see this all the time. I see people tiptoeing around the sale. Nobody wants to, quote, go in for the kill. They don't want to be too mean. They don't want to put too much pressure on anyone to buy anything. But frankly, if somebody is telling you that they want to purchase from you, and then in the next breath, they're saying, you know what? Well, I can't do that. It's not the right time. I don't have the money. It's your duty to ask them more questions and to figure out what is actually going on beneath the surface here that's causing this person to delay. Because it's ultimately never about the money. It's never about time. It's about something else. It could be about them not feeling worthy of making this purchase. It could be um, them letting fear dictate and run the show. So your job is to have the mindset of, you know what, I'm going to help this person get to a yes or no. That is my goal. I'm not attached to whether they work with me or not. If they're not the right fit, so be it. But let's really get them out of limbo land and get them to a decision. That should be the goal of every call. And if the decision isn't something that's able to be made right then and there, I do understand there are times where people need to have conversations with team members or spouses 
then your job is to book a follow-up call as quickly as possible so that you keep the sales container super tight and you don't let them go off into their own world, into their fairyland, where they're going to get in their head and allow that fear to stop them from moving forward. So that's one of the biggest mindset shifts that I had to make. I had to stop worrying about what people were going to think and start focusing on them getting results and taking action. And again, that means getting them to either a clear yes or a clear no. And ultimately, people will respect you and be so grateful that you did that because nobody wants to be in a place of confusion. We have to understand that they don't want to be in limbo land. They don't want to be confused. They actually want you to help them get that clarity. So that's your job. The second thing I want to point out that will truly help you amp up your sales is getting people to actually book a call with you. So I would ask, do you want to get on a call? Can we get on a call together? It could even be if you're a coach or consultant, maybe you give them a quick laser coaching session or something that shows them what it is that you offer so they get that experience with you. Because trust me, it is much easier to sell when someone is on the phone, when you are creating that personal connection. An email or even a text, it's very easy to um, dismiss that and not actually open it and not respond to it. But when when someone is literally sitting directly across from you, across Zoom or on the other end of the phone, it's obviously a more personal connection. So the more you can get people to actually hop on a call with you, the better. And if you're not doing that, you have to ask yourself, what is coming up for me right now? Is it a fear around selling? Is it a fear around being um, told no, being denied, right? Is it a fear around experiencing someone not want to work with me? Because there are tons of fears on the other side that we also have to deal with, not only the client's fears, but our fears. So ask yourself, what is stopping me? And what would it look like for me to get on, I don't know, 50 calls in the next six weeks? Because that's the thing. I was attracting tons of calls into my awareness, into our company. But what I ultimately realized was I didn't know how to handle those calls. So as you're listening to me talk here, ask yourself, what do I need to implement? What do I need to change? Okay, because this this is an inspirational episode. But at the same time, you're going to be taking action. We're going to implement. We're not just listening for inspiration. We're listening for implementation. So for you, is this a mindset issue? Is there an issue around getting people on a call um, based on your marketing strategy? Do you not have a funnel in place that gets people to book a call and gets them to that place? Are you not even asking people to book a call, right? It could very well be that. I see so many people asking me, why is this not working? Then we realize, oh, well, they're not inviting people to get on a call. Or maybe the button doesn't work, you know? And that leads me to my next point. What is your system? So how are people booking this call? Are you sending them to um, a clear booking page with an application? Does the button actually work? Do you have a video that they watch once they sign up? Um, And again, you tailor this to what works for you and your clients. So for us, most people receive a book a call invitation after they've been through some sort of email sequence or they've seen a Facebook ad or they've been on one of our workshops or masterclasses. And so they're warmer. Maybe for you, though, people are cold traffic and they're seeing this booking link for the first time. Maybe you want to put them through a series of videos that entices them to show up and reminds them what it is they are going to learn when they book that call with you, what they're going to experience, how you're going to help them get that clarity. 
So really ask, what is that system to get them on the call? And then what is your system for the conversation? So every conversation should have some sort of process. And so for us, we do have a script that we share with our clients. um, But at the same time, I want you to develop your own script as well. So think about what works for your community. How do you like to open the call? I personally don't like small talk. I'm someone who loves to get on the phone and just hear straight away, you know, what is it that someone's going to help me with? How are they going to help me? What does it look like? What's the price point? And then I'm what they call a quick start. And so I make fast decisions. So that's how I like to host my calls. And I like to be really direct. I like to get to the point. When someone goes into story, I bring them back to what it is they actually want because I don't need to hear about the past. (laughs) So that's the way I host my calls. James, my husband, who's a high performance coach, and he often does sales in our company, he's a bit more chatty. He's a bit more conversational. He's really great at relationship building. And so my point here is to think about your system, but also think about your methodology on these calls and what works for you and your personality, as well as your clients. And you also want to recognize that it's not a one size fits all approach. There are some conversations that are more direct and to the point just because the person on the other end of the phone or the other end of Zoom, they appreciate that directness and they also want to move quick. And so really be able to gauge your audience and that person who you're speaking to and then craft the conversation appropriately. And I want you to really think, do you have multiple um, do you have multiple sections or segments to your coaching calls? What we recommend is that you open up by getting clear on why that person is there. What is it they're looking to achieve? What are the results that they want? Second part of it would be what's stopping them from getting those results. Where do they actually need the help? And then you share what it is you can do to help them. And then it's a matter of yes or no, if that's the right fit. It's as simple as that. So really think about your own process, what's working, make sure that you're recording all of your sales calls as well, then you can go back and watch them. And for those of you who are running your business yourself, you can record your calls and then you'll have material to share with future staff members who are able to help you on your sales calls. You'll be able to send them those recordings, they'll be able to watch them and um, you know improve their own skills, see what it is that your clients are looking for, how to approach the conversation, and they'll learn a bit more about your sales methodology. The next thing I want you to take a look at is as you are having those calls or sending those emails, how do you feel on the call? What's coming up for you? Are you attached to the outcome? Number one. And I say it like that because most people are, most people just want to get the yes, but I'd much rather you get someone to a clear yes or no and identify whether they truly are the right fit to work with you than have all yeses. Because we all know that we've been on calls where there are red flags or there are reasons why we think someone might be the right fit, but we allow the money to sway us or we want to actually help them. And so we we let them into the program or we start working with them only to realize that they are a nightmare client. <laughs> We've all had those experiences. So really think about whether this person is going to support your company. And what I mean by that is there's no point in us, and I say us as I hurt my life, helping or, or signing up people who we aren't able to help. Okay. If they're not going to show up, show up and do the work, if they're not going to put in the effort, I don't want them as a client because that does nothing to our reputation. We want people who are actually going to step up, do the work, put in the effort, and who have um, incredible business ideas and a great work ethic. And so really think about who your ideal client is. And your job is to not be attached to someone saying yes. 
It's to be attached to getting them clarity and really um, holding the client to a higher standard than they're holding for themselves. So if they do go down that path of, you know, I really want to do this and you can see the potential, you can see the business idea, you can see the desire, but they're allowing fear to get in the way. That's when you step in and you ask if you can support them in finding the money or removing that fear or having the, I just need to talk to my husband conversation. Okay. So really generate that confidence to go above and beyond for the client, but also recognize that your job is to get them to a clear yes or no, not sign up every single person who speaks to you. Then I want you to take this one step further. So once you have these calls, so think about it. We've gone through the mindset. We've gone through you actually inviting people to get on the call. We've talked about your system on the call itself. We've talked about your energy on the call. Then I want you to take a look at what's actually working to book calls. So this literally just happened in our mastermind the other day. It was it was yesterday. So I had um, a bonus laser coaching session with one of our new mastermind members. And she was asking me about her plan for the upcoming month. And I was asking her, well, what worked for you previously? Because she's been celebrating some really incredible months. She just had a 16K month. She wants to have a 30K month next. And so I was asking her what actually worked for you. And she didn't have an answer to that. And so part of what we do in our mastermind is we help our clients get super clear on what is actually working in their company. And this is so important for those of you who are not tracking anything. I want you to listen up. This is so important for you to know, because how can you replicate your results or 10 times or, you know, in this case, two times your revenue um, each month if you don't actually know what was working? So we need to take a look at previous months, previous quarters, previous years based on where you're at and ask yourself what did actually work and then start tracking those metrics. There are some clear cut metrics that you have to know. You know, where did these calls get booked from? What is working? Are emails being opened up? Um, Where are sales calls coming from? What is the type of client who's booking the sales call? So getting clear how what's working in order to book the calls. There are a few key metrics that you need to know. The first one is understanding where these calls are coming from. So what is actually working that's allowing you to book calls on a regular basis if you are booking calls? If you're not, really think about where your clients are coming from. How can you spend more time there? How can you increase your marketing efforts? Okay, that's so crucial. So you have to have awareness of what's working in order to take it to the next level. And I see so many people who are not only um, in the dark about what's working, they're in the dark about what to do next. So let's talk about your follow-up process. So what actually happens when someone gets on the call with you, say for whatever reason they didn't move forward, and now you don't know what to do. How often do you stay in touch with them? How often do you email them? Do you text them? Now for us, there's really no set rule here, but I always ask the client, okay, so if it's a no for now and you want to work with us in the future, when do you want me to reach out to you? When do you want to circle back and actually have a plan for the future conversation? Don't leave it open-ended because that's confusing. Think about this as like a dating process. (laughs) If you were on a date with somebody and they said, oh, I'll call you, like you would be wondering, well, when? When is that call going to come in? (laughs) I wanted to talk to you again. What's going to happen? So make sure everyone is clear on the next steps. And then actually have a system where you follow up with this person. So for us, we love using spreadsheets. We also have Asana, which helps us keep track of different follow-ups and the dates that we're going to follow up with people. 
And so be clear about who those warm leads actually are, because so many sales and so much money can be made in the follow-up process. But for most people, this is where they drop the ball. This is where everything stops and the process never moves forward. And then those people, you know, a few months down the road, they end up working with somebody else. So get clear on those metrics, get clear on what's working, and then get clear on your process to follow up with these clients and continue to develop the relationship. The relationship is not just the phone call. So do not lose faith in those people on the call who say, well, it's not a no, but it's a not yet. Because so many people in our company have circled back around. So keep the energy super high vibe in that relationship. Don't make people feel bad. There's a difference between like the way I am, where I'm super direct and I want you to get a result. I want you to move past your fear. But at the same time, I want to maintain a positive relationship. I don't want people feeling like they can't come back to us. And James actually taught me this. He's really great at creating long-term relationships. So think about that. And think about your own buying style. So for me, like I told you, I'm a quick start. If I know I want something, I get it. Now, there are other people who show up differently. One of my team members, Kayla, she was telling me about how it takes her months to decide to buy something, even something super small. She has to read every single sales page. She has to look at every single testimonial. She has to revisit it time and time again. And she still has moved forward in her career. She's doing great things, but she just has a different buying style. So ask yourself, you know, how do I um, speak to and handle those types of clients in my company? How do I maintain those relationships so that when they are ready to purchase, I am front and center. I am there. They're seeing my marketing. They're seeing my emails. I followed up with them and then they're ready to come to that. Yes. So there are people in our company who have admitted it's taken them five years to actually purchase something. Now, part of that is on us. We're always looking at how we can warm up our audience quicker. But again, some people just delay and some people get there faster. So your process has to be able to handle both types of people. So I hope that helps you. I hope that that's some insight into our sales process and gives you some food for thought. Like I said, I want you to not only be inspired, but also take action. So go back and listen to this again if you need to and listen for not only that inspiration, but also for what you need to implement right now and what's going to change the game for you and your sales process. I hope you loved today's episode. Remember, go to iHeartMyLife.com and check out our brand new Amp Up Your Sales course. I know you're going to love it. Thank you for listening to the I Heart My Life show. For more inspiration, success tips, and ways to achieve your life and business goals, definitely follow me on Facebook and Instagram on I Heart My Life Now. See you next time.